Scott and Paul Show, episode 25. Axel DC, is it a thing? Yes, it is. Five, Scott, are you ready? I'm beyond ready. Is There's not a word for what I am. ACDC, Axl Rose, what the fuck? It's a yeah. thing. Surprise, surprise. Yes. Um, well, I mean, first we had the reunion tour. And now... ACDC and Axl Rose are going on tour. We have a brand new lead singer for ACDC. Axl fucking Rose. Uh, they put out a statement this week saying, um, quote, uh, ACDC band members would like to thank Brian Johnson for his con contributions and dedication to the band throughout the years. We wish him all the best with his hearing issues and future ventures. They future endeavor to fucker. Um, as much as we want this tour to end as it started, we understand, respect, and support Brian's decision to stop touring and save his hearing. We are dedicated to fulfilling the remainder of our touring commitments to everyone that has supported us over the years and are fortunate that Axl Rose has kindly offered to support and help us fulfill this commitment. ACDC will resume their rock or bus world tour with Axl Rose joining on vocals. The European stadium tour dates begin on May 7th in Lisbon, Portugal, and run through June 12th in Arnis, Denmark. Anus? Arnis? How the fuck do you say that? Anyways, in Denmark. And as previously announced... Following this European run of dates with ACDC, Axl Rose will head out on his Guns N' Roses Not In This Lifetime summer tour. The 10 postponed U.S. shows will be rescheduled and announced intimately also with Axl Rose. So there's more fucking tickets we have to buy. Um, now, they did play with uh, Angus on this Saturday at the Coachella show. So if you're wondering what Axl Rose sounds like, singing ACDC, um, it is on YouTube. So uh, they played a whole lot of Rosie, and it sounds fucking good. 
the uh, I don't know. It's it's gonna be so <laughs> different. It does sound great, man. It's Axel. He's amazing. So I just never thought I'd see the day that no. Not only is Guns N' Roses having a tour together, the most important members, anyways. Um, but now Axel's frontline in freaking ACDC. <laughs> wow. What a freaking change of pace. Axel's in the Guns N' Roses saga. Axel's back. Unreal, man. Say like, Axel. I figured he was pulling the Howard Hughes shit and pissing in jars, but you know. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. It's just, but I think of freaking 20 or 25 wasted years. Well, he's, he had a lot of court battles. Yeah, but they had a lot of freaking uh, head issues, I guess. I mean, poor Brian, though. That was a fucking cell phone. But uh, Brian did say in an interview, look, fuckers, my hearing is not that damn bad. You basically kicked me out of the fucking band. Was what he was kind of saying. Um, should have put that link on here. Uh, Ryan Johnson news um so now if you go to an acdc concert you're in risk of getting stampeded to death <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, it's whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, 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 hey! Turn to ah, damn it, fucking Live Nation. Anyway, um, he said that he was um personally crushed by the decision, and he was not able to hear other musicians clearly, and he feared for the quality of his music performance. It could not be compromised. This was something that he could not, uh, in good conscience, allow. Yeah, when when they when they can't hear themselves, they yeah. get off key sometimes. Like when um, they had that surprise Guns N' Roses at the VMAs. Yeah. Um, when they just showed up out of nowhere years back, mm. and I mean it was still a fantastic show or a fantastic song or two, but you could tell Axel was a little bit off key. And then later it was you kept seeing him fiddle with his earpiece, and he could he couldn't hear himself. So. But if you Google Axl Rose and you go down a little bit and it says, people also ask, who is Axl Rose? Is Axl Rose still alive? So other than him hiding in the mountains, writing uh, Chinese democracy, he pretty much disappeared for a long time. And there was that song on um, the end of the day soundtrack. Well, yeah, they've, they've, he's put out stuff. Yeah, I mean he's world. My world. Just, I mean not my world, but um, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Try to Google a timeline just to see if anybody had put together a Axelrose timeline. I'm sure it's just as confusing as the uh, Terminator paradox time hmm. travel stuff. So, ah, whatever. But it's it's good. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of Terminator, I think I, when was when's the Coachella show? Was that already? They already had it. Yeah. Okay. There's pictures of um, Arnold there. It's pretty neat. Yeah, but yeah, I sent you the uh, link to the performance of ACDC. I mean, Angus playing with Axel. You probably didn't watch it, but yeah, I got bits of it. I just watched a few seconds. Now, that was the good news. So, we're all happy about that, but there are some people on the internet who are pissed off. Imagine that. Over uh, the um, Zelda leaks. Because, I, oh, I guess they're fanboys. Whatever. Um, the, the Zelda leaks in question come from Emily Rogers, who... She, she does a pretty good job at, at game leaks. And there are three rumors that she was able to get out. And by the way, you so-called journalist, when you quote somebody, especially in print, fucking put up the entire quote. It's not that fucking hard. That's your fucking job. You're a journalist. Do the fucking quote. Especially if that person's Twitter account is protected. Is okay, I'm going to link you to her Twitter account. It's fucking protected. No, you can't. I can't fucking access it, you asshole. So I can't fucking fact check it myself. So it was kind of difficult to get the fucking information. Dickheads. So anyway, here are the rumors that she had. Number one, the exact quotes. Yes, Zelda is coming both to Wii U and NX. I can confirm it with a ton of people. You can choose which one to get or both. Rumor number two, I heard from multiple sources that you can choose between a male or female as your playable character in Zelda. That's what got people on the internet pissed off. And rumor number three, there is voice acting for most of the characters, except Link. So, Scott, imagine that. People being upset that, oh my god, Zelda, a, a game in Zelda, and now in 2016, you, what the fuck? Link might not be a boy? You have a choice? You're, you're giving us choices? No, we do not want choices in games. Scott, I don't want a choice. Don't fuck with my continuity. Don't make this like Mass Effect. Don't give me a fucking choice. Um, I'm fine with it. <laughs> no, Scott, I'm not fucking fine with this. Don't give I mean, me a choice. Don't give me a one fucking option where I can choose boy or girl. Listen, man. I just don't want to feel weird anymore because I want to fuck Link, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that androgynous bastard. <laughs> now I can now I can feel normal again. <laughs> this is so much to ask. Um, so there's always there's always a logic behind it for me, and that works for me. So, anyways, um, <sighs> is it caving the pressure? Because some people can't pick up a fictional character and play it and understand, you know, relate to it. Or 
I mean, I play, I probably, I probably split 50, 50 myself on whether I'm a male or female, depending on what I'm choosing. Cause I just rather look at a digital female, butt than a digital male, butt most time. So I'm a perv, plain and simple. My mass effect. I, I chose it based on, well, the first time I played it, I chose a dude because, well, I'm a boy, but the second playthrough, I was told that the voice acting was better with Jennifer Hell. So I went with her on the second playthrough. And since you can choose, you know, to go good guy or bad guy, I was like, okay, well, I chose the first option. Try to be as close to me as possible. What choices I would make. So the second playthrough, I chose the girls. Like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm just going to go full-blown hill. And I thought her voice acting was better. So from then on out, I just kept choosing, choosing, choosing her as like, well, this is kind of my canon. So I don't particularly see the problem. My canon. Hey, yeah, hey, hey that's the official canon. That's my fucking Mass Effect canon. However, that's I always your, do two playthroughs of fucking canon. Mass Effect right. anyway. I uh, I played as a male on all three of those. So you, eh, you, you fucking masochist. Yeah, pretty much. It was like a more ginger version of me rather than sandy blonde version of me because I don't know what the fuck I did. But once I screwed it up in the first game and realized that my guy was a little redheaded, so fuck it, and he can just stay the same. So I was, I, I went Paragon on all three games, but technically, since I was redheaded, I was actually a ginger demon that stole souls. So I was actually evil in the long run. So, so. You didn't make it true to life. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I, I, you didn't. You didn't do a heel turn anywhere in the game and go Lex Luger. No, no, I didn't. Smash yeah. chairs over Ricky Steamboat's ass. Yeah. Um, you didn't end up. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. as far as the Legend of Zelda goes, I don't know. It doesn't. Link is like the hero in time. They're all different links. And that's why it works for me. Do I really care that much? No, other than for the aforementioned reasons. Um, no, I just don't. It doesn't really strike me. Um, I'm still not even sure how I feel about voice acting in Zelda, which they're not doing it with Link, which no. is fine. Um, I don't mind it for the all the secondary characters because as long as they hire reasonably decent um, voice actors. But as far as Link, the character, um, that is one where it's you, you're kind of playing you, and yeah. that's been what Anuma and, and um, oh wow, I forgot. Oh Miyamoto, I forgot his name for a mm. second. Miyamoto, um, that's what they've always said that you're Link because you know the original inspiration on Legend of Zelda was. Um, Miyamoto thinking about planting gardens in a cave back behind his home and things like that. So it is about being you. And, but, but that's a slippery slope because where do we get our, I mean, there's what, is there 55 recognized identities now besides male and female? Well, what if, <laughs> what if I'm a girl and Link's a boy? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So now you can be either one. But you're fucking up continuity. Scott, but you got the hero of time, kind of. Yeah. I mean, there, there's the continuity for Zelda. Jesus Christ, that's fucked up beyond belief, dude. I mean, you got 
it, it just bounces around. Oh, wow, look, I got the Hyrule Historia right here. Even with this fucking timeline from the official source, I can't fucking make heads or tails of this shit. No, I can't. They're all different links, except I think that Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass might be the same. Have they ever called Link in the game when they're referring to him like the third person, he or him? They always yeah, they've referred to him as a boy multiple times. No, okay, well then, yeah, you do fuck up continuity. How's that? Well, I mean, if if in the game you choose boy or girl. Now, if 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 this game is a brand new relaunch, and it has nothing to do with any of the other past games, then fine. Just... Technically, none of them have anything to do with. Other well, games. I thought there was a fucking. They did one time. I guess there's like an overarching timeline but like uh, link to the past happens hundreds or thousands of years after skyward sword um or vice versa something like that reboot the whole fucking right series fuck it there's nothing i there's not really been a continuing narrative other than the hero of time triforce zelda again you know there's that's been your con continuity so I mean I don't see where anything's ever explicitly stated he here if I'm had to be male. It's all fucked up. I think the only reason he was ever male all this time was just they just happened to make him male from the beginning and they just kind of rolled with it. So I don't see how it's fucked up considering hardly any of them are the same character anyways. And at but the time look the, game, the same. And at the time the game came out, it was really a boys system anyway. So Yeah, and that had a lot to do with it too. So maybe they're trying to bring in that audience. So it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. Titanfall 2 will be available on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. And the game reveal will be on June 12th. That's really all we have. That's really Play some news I could have done without. Yep. <laughs> Overrated tripe. PlayStation 4 Neo. This comes, this was broken by um, Giant Bomb. Uh, we'll just read over this real quick. Uh, the Neo. Now remember the um, the uh, the name for the PlayStation VR at the time. Code name was the uh, Morpheus, so it would make sense. PlayStation Four K was the um, Neo, so they kind of got a little motif going here. Neo Morpheus. They must have been real big fans of that shitty ass <laughs> movie. Uh, the Neo will feature a higher clock speed than the original PS4, improved GPU, and higher bandwidth of the memory. The documents we received noted that the hard drive in Neo is the same as the original PS4. So that's, what was that, 500 gigs? Yeah. yeah so you're not going to get a terabyte. How shitty. But it's not clear if that means in terms of capacity or connection speed. Starting in October, every PS4 game is required to ship with both a base mode, which will run on the currently available PS4 and Neo mode for use with the new console. Apparently some um, uh, developers are not too happy about this. Uh, games running in Neo mode will be able to use the hardware upgrades an additional 500 megabytes of memory budget to offer increased and more stable frame rate and higher visual fidelity, at least when those games run at 1080p and HD. 
the Neo will also support 4K image output, but games themselves are not required to be in 4K native. The documentary received Sony offers suggestions for reaching 4K resolution for Neo mode game builds, but they're also giving developers a degree of freedom on how to approach this. Uh, that's not really that important. Um, basically, as a PS4 base and Neo versions of the game will also need to have partiality with regards to peripheral support. So don't expect Neo games to have exclusive VR modes. Sony makes no mention of the PlayStation VR in the documents we've seen, so it's hard to know what that means for persistent rumors that this upgraded PS4 will be able to support PlayStation VR without the breakout box that the headset ships with. Um, that said, so long as the upgrades apply to PSR games, developers should get even more out of the VR headset. Though every PS4 game released as of October this year will need to support both the original PS4 and the Neo, this does not necessarily mean that the Neo will release this October. Additionally, games released in late September window will require a day one patch that updates them to Neo standards. The documents we've received explicitly notes that devs are allowed to launch Neo-ready games before the Neo itself. And games that have already been launched can take advantage of this hardware upgrade, but it is up to the developers themselves to decide if they want to patch the games. So, Scott, PlayStation 4.5 Neo. Looks like it's a thing. Well, that's interesting. So, uh, probably multiple reasons why it came into existence you know i'm sure they have some industrial espionage going on nx is going to come out of the gate trying to say we have more power than xbox one and ps4 so of course sony's gonna release something with more power probably i would bet those are safe specs and which i'm just assuming but more power more sales as long as you're sony or microsoft typically um the other thing is they got the VR support, uh, that's a big deal. Maybe they just want to unlock more power for that. So, or maybe they're hoping they can be like Apple and just have, you know, incremental upgrades, which this is kind of a big upgrade um, as far as the GPUs and stuff goes. You know, you're getting a little bit more processor speed and the GPUs. I saw one statement said you're going from like 1.8 teraflops to 4.3 three or four it's going from the, the original cpu was 1.6 gigahertz to 2.1 gigahertz and the gpu is going from uh let's see it's 18 cus at 800 megahertz to 36 cus at 911 megahertz and your memory is it's still eight gigs GDDR5, but it's going from 176 gigahertz to 218 gigahertz. So your GPU is twice as powerful, but I mean, it's. I'm a, 
it's almost almost three times. It's pretty good. So, but I mean, you know, they're gonna like like we talked about. I think it was last week. They're gonna have a baseline version that'll run for each software title. That'll run on both systems, and then you can get the improved version with Neo. So, if people want to shell the money out for it, I mean. I don't believe for a minute there's not going to be exclusives for this. Maybe not a bunch, but it's probably going to happen. I don't really see the reason to get this, though. I don't either. Not me personally. I mean, well, first I off, like you're good going graphics, to have... but I don't live or die by good graphics. Just remember, if if you want this, first you have to go out there and buy the five hundred dollar TV set to actually enjoy it. 4K TVs, what are they running right now? Around $500. You can get a 4K for $500? Yeah. Too bad. Yeah. Hmm. I'm a mid-range five, 4K TV, but you can get one. You can get a Vizio for $500. i have got my eyes on the big 80-inch, but I'm sure the 4K version of that's not. Yeah, well, you got rest. scales way off. Yeah, you got <laughs> many tickets to think about. Yeah. <clears throat> and NXT tickets to think about. But, uh, yeah. Uh, if you don't have a PlayStation 4 yet, Dan. Um, Might want to wait. Yeah, well, unless, I don't think Dan even has an HDTV. I mean, a, well, I think he has HDTV. I don't think he has a 4K TV. Then again, Dan's got money. Also, yeah, Dan, get your fucking WrestleMania porn tickets. star like he is. The secret, the secret of porn star. Yeah. So, All he right. Won, he won the Powerball 16 times. Now it's time for Scott's Retro Game of the Week. Okay, I don't think we've covered this one on the show before, but we may have way back, but whatever. Hogan's Alley, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, game is legit. Like, where you point, you shoot. (laughs) I hope you guys got some, like, CRT TVs because you can't fucking play it any other way. So, X-Men 2, Clone Wars, Sega Genesis. Somehow Paul missed this one back in the day. Um, Only being familiar with the first one, he didn't even know this one existed. It was a uh, Sega only. (laughs) I think that's why. I thought you had a Genesis. I did, but I remember the first one pissed me off so much. I said, fuck you, I ain't playing the second one. Yeah, the second one was much better. I mean, one was okay, but two was legit good. Um, I will acquire it tonight. Yeah, the uh, yeah, it's crazy how eBay can send you stuff instantaneously now. Yeah. The, uh, <clears throat> you had, uh, basically, you had uh, seven characters it be Cyclops. I'll just come upstairs since we live together. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Nightcrawler, Gambit, Wolverine, and Magneto, who you unlock after you beat him or something. But anyways, um, in a lot of games involving the X-Men, especially in this time frame, your powers were like a magic spell, and they were extremely limited because they were powerful most of the time. Uh, in this game, you could use your powers with impunity for the most part, and that was fantastic. And that's, you know, it's, 
I think without that, you have a pretty just standard action game. But being able to access all the unique powers uh, really made a huge difference. Um, graphically, the sprites are really well done. The environments are pretty decent. Um, there's a few weather effects. Nothing, nothing outrageous. Sound effects are typical mediocre Genesis stuff. Um, there's a few good things. Uh, there was a digitized voice when you get hit that gets kind of annoying because you're going to get hit a lot. Uh, you know, you get the boss fights. They're varied. You know, you fight like a mastermind as a computer cord, and you got to fight Magneto and Exodus and all them. And but there's, I believe, twenty two levels, maybe twenty three. Um, the uh, Magnetos can be kind of overpowered a little bit if you know how to play him right, because he kind of just like flies and just smashes stuff. Um, he has these energy blasters you can just unload and all kinds of orbs and stuff. Of course, Wolverine clearly has his claws. Um, but each level, you can find that you have an X-Man that um, is a little more suited for the level than another one, but it's usually not at such a huge disadvantage that, that you may not want to choose the other ones. But the biggest thing about the game is the difficulty. This is a very, very, very hard game um, because the enemies, they don't screw around, and I don't think there's too many places in the game to where they were like cheap platforming sections or cheap uh, enemy placement or bottomless pits or anything like that. There might be a few spots, but all in all, it's, it's just a very difficult game. It requires a lot of skill and really just a lot of replay to, you know, kind of learn how to pattern through the um, sections. So maybe not quite as intense as, say, Ninja Gaiden, but it's, it's in the ballpark. It's, it's a very tough game, especially how long it is with your limited lives and you don't have... Um, like a password system or anything. So you got to beat it in one setting. So it's, it's tough, very tough game, very well designed and very fun. You have beast, Cyclops, Gambit, Nightcrawler, Psylocke and Wolverine. Yeah. And then you can unlock Magneto. And Magneto after the third level. Yeah. And it's one of those games that like, Back in the day, like, which I was kind of surprised doing a little bit of research on the reviews and stuff, that they kind of it was kind of met with uh, lukewarm reviews, and I think it's one of those games that over time has really developed a following. Um, the uh, I remember loving it right off Jump Street, but I I think you could have put an X Man label on a fucking turd. I would have liked it back in the nineties. Uh, but this game is it holds up. It's a very very good retro game. Mm -hmm. Definitely one of the best. It's probably my favorite X-Men game. A sequel featuring the only the female members of the X-Men had been in development by Sega for the same platform, but was canceled in 1996 due to the company's shift from the 32-bit console Sega Saturn. Yeah, yeah the, part, the part I hated was you had, um, for some reason, and I, I look back at Tusk, and he was a boss that these little bastards that spawned off his back, and he did some charge attacks or whatever. And I remember having so much trouble with him, but his pattern to watch it just doesn't look like it's that freaking difficult to learn and to how to operate around him. But no, he's a, he's a, he's just a cocksucker. I can't ever. He always just broke me. So complex ranked X Men Two as the 18th best game on Sega Genesis, adding that the game achieved the rarely seen balanced game gaming. Uh, is also ranked as the 20th top Genesis game by Screw Attack. X-Men 2 placed 19th on the 2013 list by 
best Marvel video games by Geek Magazine. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the music was good. It just it's like your combat sound effects and things like that. You know how the, the Genesis kind of had a weak sound system and oh yeah it had a sound, chip. sound chip yeah i mean it was and but yeah the music was good and yeah that's very annoying and wow that was x-men one so <laughs> pretty much the um ambience in the levels especially like your first level it's they did effectively use sound more like the score but yeah very very good highly recommend uh it's not overly expensive when I last paid attention, it was like 15 bucks. Um, it was also one of the um, Genesis titles that had a cardboard release. I have the cardboard release. On the TV and movie news, the Defenders finally gets a showrunner. Douglas Petrie and Marco Ramirez from season two of Daredevil. And Drew Goddard, who was the man who produced, well, created the Daredevil series, will be back for the Defenders. So, but Drew Goddard is that will be the executive producer. So, seems like the Defenders is off on the right track. Scott, where are you on Daredevil? Like season one, episode four? Mm, five or six. Oh, god damn, dude. I've been like the last week. <laughs> I don't know if I've laid eyes on a television uh, until a little while ago when I watched uh, NWA. Oh, yeah. I got minor league baseball scouts and work travel killing me. Oh, I'm trying. I haven't even watched Fear of the Walking Dead or anything. Now you can skip that. People die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We skipped this last week, I think. Bill and Ted 3. Did we talk about this? A little bit. Did we? Sure. We've talked about it. I can't remember if it was on the show or just me and UBS. And I don't think we talked about it. Bill and Ted three. Uh, Alex Winter was talking to Forbes. He said, uh, "Quote: It's looking." Did we talk about this? No, we talked about this. I remember the VOD comment. All right, and fuck it, we're not doing. Do fuck this. it, Bill and Ted three is happening probably. Yeah, he's working on it. It's All probably right. happening. It, they just need someone to fucking. They need. Uh, we have a script. We have a director. And we have a studio. They're just trying to get a date. All right, moving on. J.J. Uh, Abrams talks about um, Ray's parents here. Uh, speaking at New York's Tribeca Film Festival Friday night during the Q and A, he said, "Quote: Ray's parents are not in Episode Seven." So I can't possibly at this moment tell you who they are. That's a very definitive statement. After the Q&A, Entertainment Weekly caught up with JJ, and he clarified the comments. Uh, quote, what I meant was that she doesn't discover them in Episode 7, not that they may not already be in her world. So it's not Luke. Right? I don't think it is now. I think this motherfucker has – he just might be playing us again. God damn his ass. He might have fucking slipped up for real this time. He may have slipped up. Maybe because he's made the comments to the effect of he doesn't know how it's all going to finish out because he's done his movie. And maybe that's coming into play. Maybe they haven't decided. Maybe 
maybe Lawrence. Uh, well, shit, was it? How much I think of here, Lawrence? Uh, not Lawrence Kasner or where the fuck his name is. Where the fuck his name is. Anyways, maybe that guy hasn't made up his mind because he was the guy that kind of wrote the baseline for all this. Um, who knows? I mean, it's interesting, but J.J. Abrams is famous for misdirection also. So I say take it with a grain of salt, but I'm probably not going to. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards she's a Kenobi like a cousin's granddaughter's roommate or something. So <laughs> my brother's sister's cousin's nephew, yeah. niece, uncle's cousin's father's roommate. What does that make us? Absolutely nothing. We hear Yoda. We, we see her in, we see her in Bespin briefly in that in cloud city. I think in the hallway where Luke fought Vader and Well, I don't know. I don't know. That 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 seems like it hints she's a Skywalker also. Or maybe she's a combination of Skywalker and Kenobi blood. I don't know. We'll find out. But oh, remember, so there's that new one going around that maybe she's Anakin's Anakin reincarnated. You heard that one? No, I hadn't heard that one. Yes, yeah, she's Anakin reincarnated. That's why she can do everything perfectly. Hmm. Interesting. Because she's done everything before, and that's why she can pick up everything just like that. And plus, Anakin's already dead, so that's why she can do it. You know, I could buy that. I could get behind that. Why not? We'll be even... And if she brings balance to the Force, why not? Yeah. That, that would be the way for... No, balance of the force be brought back. Anakin would bring balance to the force. He would have to come back again to do it. Maybe that's why Kenobi said something. Maybe that's what was able to pull him out of the nether to speak. Who knows? Hey, that's an interesting theory. I actually mm -hmm. like that theory. Anakin reincarnated. Nah, who knows? Whiny bitch left on a desert planet. Hmm. And if you're reincarnated, the whole you got to keep reliving the past to keep doing it over and over again till you get it right. So you turn Anakin into like the Eternal Warrior, the Roland to Shane, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Huh. Or maybe Anakin, you know, completely went against the will of the Force. I don't know. I like the idea of Anakin slaughtering a Jedi. Did bring the Force into balance? <laughs> I thought that was. I thought that was some pretty deep shit. Because I mean, you think about it. You you sit back and you think, oh, the bad guys always have to lose. The bad guys always have to lose. And then you find out, well, the Force is unbalanced because there are thousands of Jedi, and only one or two Sith. Yeah. And a couple of pissy guys. It's you know, Force powered goths. Yeah. So, anyways. Oh. You know, or steam, and then you got a steampunk goth, which is, I guess, yeah. Vader. Yeah. But, but why? Why is she so good at everything? She's the Mary Sue. Well, there's your answer because he's done it all before. Nah, the chosen one. Yeah, I might have to Google this uh, theory here later. Um, 
But uh, if we start talking about Star Wars, we'll be here all night. Oh, man, that, fuck the rest of it. Fuck the rest of it. <laughs> Star Wars, man. Real deep of Star Wars. Fox is going ahead with Deadpool 2. Um, Tim Miller, Ron Reynolds will be back. They confirmed this Tuesday at CinemaCon in Las Vegas. I can't pronounce this. Reet, Reese, right, Reese, and Paul Wernick. Who wrote Deadpool? That would be Rhett. Rhett, Rhett Reese? Yes. And Paul Wernick, who wrote the first one, will be writing the sequel. The original earned 757.3 million worldwide. I believe it was a $52 million budget. So they made their fucking money back. And then if Anakin's reincarnated as a Female. I mean, what's uh, Darth Vader think when he fucking dies and he wakes up and he's a chick? Well, that's just payback for killing yeah. Padme. You now menstruate, motherfucker. Yeah, that's what the Force said. So, do you bleed? You will. <laughs> so Anakin dies, comes back, has obviously he's not going to have any knowledge of where he, what he did before at this point. But would there be like a point in the remember to where the force would this is who you are here's your here's, that's your awakening this is yeah. you yeah and what's I'm the one thing theory. that he always wanted he wanted what what happened the first time he lost his parents well he lost his mom at least and now he's dealing with it again yeah your parents are they're never coming back he's dealing with that same bullshit again that he can't get over well, he's now, now he's dealing with it again. He can't get over, but this time he has to be able to deal with it, but not in anger and fucking slaying an entire population of billions of people. Amazing pilot, amazing mechanical skills, extremely powerful in the force. Can pick it up like that. Holy shit. Cloud City, man. Wait a minute. Who who do we see in Cloud City? What if looking down that hallway that that was Vader's perspective? Uh, it is Vader's perspective. I just googled it. But Ray's standing there. A mirror image of himself. Well, that's what he saw when he was looking at Luke, technically. Oh, this is this is this is a solid theory. Seeing future, maybe force vision. Conflict. I don't remember when. Uh, could be. Tim, maybe Miller. she's running down the hallway trying to find herself. And she's running towards the perspective of Darth Vader, and she's going to she's going to see the. I remember the one poster. She had the black eyes, like her yeah. the whole eye was black, and she was split on the light and dark. We talked about that. Yep. Okay, go ahead to the next thing while I sit here. Tim Miller and Simon Kinberg tried to heal wounds. Uh, producer Simon Kinberg, uh, who he produces the films at Fox the uh, X-Men films. 
and director Tim Miller from Deadpool uh, were doing interviews meant to discuss the home release of Deadpool. The duo was asked about the idea of crossing over their Fox Marvel titles with Disney Marvel titles, namely Spider-Man and Deadpool. And, uh, of course, Spider-Man is not owned technically by Marvel Studios. They're on loan from Sony. Um, Simon said... Uh, uh, Miller was talking here. Uh, Simon and I have been trying to build bridges. And if you pay close attention in Deadpool, you can spot a pizza shop called Faggy's Famous Pizza, which is a uh, Easter egg meant to be Kevin Faggy from Marvel Studios. So they are trying to try to build bridges where maybe one day we can get some type of crossover so everybody can be happy. Maybe that's why the lightsaber called out so strongly. Because it is Anakin's lightsaber. Fuck yeah. That's his lightsaber. He wants to go home. That's, yeah. Hmm. But that, that, I oh, fuck. That, that's mind-blowing. Get me, get me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The, here's so here's my theory this is i don't know who the fuck this is cinema blend or something the chosen one is a legendary being who has known many incarnations like um like link like link really like link now because <laughs> <laughs> of the girl and you can choose Anakin skywalker the return to right his wrongs hmm and that would be a complete mind fuck for old Kylo Ren, who's seeking Darth Vader, and to find out Vader's been in front of him the whole freaking time. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they never went with the Force Ghost of Anakin and or Vader that they original that original concept. But the thing is, we've seen the ghost in Episode Three. I mean, yes. Episode. Well, six. But uh, maybe that's in, why we haven't seen them now. As an in-universe explanation, that fits, but writers are writers. But we haven't seen them. We haven't seen him recently, so maybe that's why. He's been silent. That's, that's why he's saying, why don't you fucking talk to me? He fell asleep, you know? Kylo's like, why the fuck won't you speak to me? That's why. Because he can't. He's been reincarnated. He's gone now. I hope this is the fucking correct theory. Resident Evil, the final chapter. <laughs> Sony Pictures revealed an ambitious film slate that in includes Resident Evil, the final chapter in that mix. And they <laughs> promise that this time it will be the last one. Uh, a few cast members that will return include Alice... Claire Renfield and Albert Whisker. New faces will include Ruby Rose as Abigail and William Levy as Christian. Uh, the events will take place immediately after Resident Evil Retribution. Is this like movie seven? Yeah. Now, the last. Oh, 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 the Christ allegory. It's a reincarnation. Right. Yeah. Death, burial, and already had a virgin birth. Yeah, we have that. Yes, there was no father. So he's going to have to ascend so Ray dies. 
It's gonna happen. Ray's dead. She's already died. Remember, Anakin, Anakin died in right, the last, then, last film. And then Jesus was on earth for like 40 days or something, and then what, he ascended he, to heaven. He had the virgin birth in the first films. Right. He died in the second, and this is his return, where he brings a peace on earth. Hmm. Back to Resident Evil. Um, the the franchise has really stopped making money in America, but overseas it still does. This was the last I heard, so this is probably why they're doing it, I guess. I imagine this is still a Paul W.S. Anderson joint, right? Probably. Especially since his old lady's in it. Typically. Yeah. Men in Black 23, which this is actually 21 Jump Street. Uh, remember doing the whole Sony hack bullshit? Yep. Yep. Well, well one of those was uh, 21 Jump Street crossing over into the Men in Black franchise. The... Uh, Chatting Tame and um, Jonah Hill basically did not want to do another Men in Black uh, 21 Jump Street film. But Sony executives exercised clauses in their contracts saying, you fuckers are doing another 21 Jump Street film. And here you go. So it's 21 Jump Street doing a... Crossover with uh, Men in Black. At this point in time, it looks like uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are not going to be in it. But it is MIB 23 is seems to be going to happen. I did like 21 Jump Street. I never saw 22 Jump Street. I haven't seen 22. I've seen 21. So what do you think? 23... M MIB 23, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think that... Was that really Luke on that fire planet touching R2-D2? <laughs> or was that Anakin? And it's some sort of Ray flashback they just stuck in the trailer. Anyways, 23 Jump Street, Men in Black? I'm Sure. Sounds great. I'll, I mean, I'll deal with it. The last Men in Black movie was okay. The first two I liked. The last one was okay. It wasn't bad. Predator will be a contemporary film. That's all you need to know. Uh, People Magazine or People Weekly or People.com, whatever the fuck it is, we got our first look at Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa. It's a cross between Poison Ivy, Witchblade, Jade, and Reptile. Yeah, they fucked it up. Yeah, Rita Repulsa. I mean, I'm not going to say she looked great in the freaking original no. series. But they fucked There's up. no semblance. There's not even a freaking throwback. This is typical over-stylized Hollywood bullshit. So. Let's update this for modern times. Yeah. I can't wait this. Did they ever put out any pictures of what the fucking Power Rangers look like now? I haven't seen any, but I haven't really looked for Well, them. I can't wait to see how they fuck that up. Oh, yeah. It'll be like uh, G.I. Joe with the power suits. Yeah. 
William Defoe is in Justice League 1 and 2. Fuck yeah. Enough said about that. On to NWA. There's no theme song for that yet. NWA. Um, for 419-1986. Actually, let me go to my notes. You got yours in there. So maybe this this Luke Skywalker looking motherfucker like Vader ran back. Nah, he would have to have found R two D two. That wouldn't make any fucking sense. Maybe put a little helmet on, took off the black armor. Anyways, NWA. Hold on, I gotta go back to Google Docs. Closed it down. NWA was pretty pretty decent tonight. Yep. Of course, next week we have to watch the uh, Crockett Cup. I have to find out on uh, somewhere because fucking WWE Network doesn't have it, so we have to torrent the shit somewhere. We'll watch it on a uh, daily motion, probably. NWA for 19, 1986. Of course, the show started off with the Road Warriors killing some guys. I'm always amazed when I see Animal do a standing drop kick. Yeah. Midnight beat the shit out of some guys, and we get a giant title that reads, Going for the Cup. Then we get told that the evening sessions of the – no, the morning sessions of the Cup is over with, and that half the teams have been eliminated. Now, at this point in time right now in 2016 – there's a tag team tournament going on in WWE. You know what? It's not that fucking good. And also, the winner doesn't get a million dollars. They get to go and face the New Day for the tag team titles, which will probably end in like a fucking DQ finish or a distraction finish. So it's pretty fucking pathetic. At this point, they brought in Ric Flair. Ric Flair... Quoted the Wanderer. I got Flo on the right of me and Rosie on the left, and even I don't know what I'm gonna what robe I'm gonna wear tonight. Flair in nineteen eighty six broke K fame and said that I don't do no jobs in front of seventy thousand people. I like to think that a young CM Punk was watching this promo and thought, oh, I wonder what that means. He told everyone that after he beats Dusty Rhodes, that the party is going to be next door and all drinks and all food for the girls is going to be on him. That he was going to, beforehand, that him and Ted Turner is going to get in the limo, drive down to his private jet, fly down to New Orleans. I imagine this entire promo, other than the part about Ted Turner, was 100% true. Because that's just the way Ric Flair rolled. He he gave his um, sorry. I'm I'm debating the inner workings of the force. Um, Flair is his ability. <laughs> <laughs> it's unreal. I, I feel like we're beating a dead horse here, but it is unreal to see how quick that man can work a freaking crowd. It's just it's unbelievable. Um, no wonder I wanted to punch him in the face when I was eight. 
<laughs> before I knew better, before I knew how amazing he was, and that I was eight and he could, he was a grown man. So, anyways, yeah, he, he he's rolling with it. So, and the girls loved Flair there. Oh, yeah. This week, that, that was a pro Flair crowd this week. It usually is. Yeah. We hear about how hated he was, but yeah, I don't know, man. I'm starting to wonder. Rick, uh, Road Warriors versus Bill Tab and Ray Trailer. Poor fucking boss, man. The, the, the one thing I noticed about this match when I mean, there's no secrets anymore in, in wrestling, but when you give somebody a power slam, the, the first thing they do is you're supposed to help the guy, and you, you put if you're the one being slammed. You put your right hand on the other guy's leg and you push up while you jump up for support to help him lift you up. Animal didn't do that. No, Hawk didn't do that with Ray Trailer or Bill Tab. He just fucking lifted him up by himself. Ray Trailer had to weigh what? 300 pounds plus? Oh, easy. Hawk just picked him up and just fucking threw him across the <laughs> But yeah, this was just a, a be twice. He did the same, and then he just threw him over in the corner and was like, "Fuck attack!" But they were protecting um, Ray Trailer in this match because Ray didn't get pinned. It was a uh, Bill Tab didn't protect Bill Tab. He's the one who jobbed. And of course, since they're in that studio, they couldn't do the Doomsday device. No, he. Uh, um, speaking of elevation, when uh, Hawk does the standing leg drop, <laughs> it's I. Those guys, I mean, they're they're legit two hundred fifty pounds a piece or yeah. better, two hundred sixty. Animal two seventy, two eighty, and it's just unreal. But um, trailer, I mean, the Road Warriors walked in, just kicked the shit out of them. That's just how the Road Warriors rolled back then. And for most of their careers, um, dusty tonight though. Yeah, looking very stylish to me. Yeah, had the had the chest kind of hanging out, the nice jacket, mm. jeans, belt, hat, sunglasses, looking good. Yeah, dusty comes out there, and first thing he does is he calls Rick Flair in the shoot and said, "I don't do jobs in front of seventy thousand people either." So where are we at now? Now, I wonder, at this time in 1986, how many people knew the uh, terminology for shoot, uh, I mean, jobs? Yeah. Um, probably not a whole lot. Yeah. How many people have subscriptions to the uh, Wrestling Observer back then? Not very many. But but I had to feel good, though, if, if you were one of the insiders and, and you had that. And, and, and right there, on, <laughs> they said, I don't do jobs. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, it had to feel good. I was surprised they even alluded to the word job. Um, yeah, at that point in time, as soon as I saw Flair say, "I don't do no jobs in front of seventy thousand people," I was like, "Oh shit!" But it was it was a pretty good interview by uh promo by Dusty. Of course, I think we're getting ready. It seems like Baby Doll is getting ready to fucking turn on Dusty, doesn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. If I'm not out there. 
don't you worry about it. It's like, oh. He's like, okay. There's your, yeah, there's your, there's your warning for wrestling world. Yeah. And I don't know. Honestly, don't. I, you know, I don't know how this plays out. The only thing I know for sure is what happens to Magnum TA. Yeah. I don't remember if she, if she turns or not. I mean, this was 30 years ago. Some things I remember. I remember some bad shit getting ready to happen to Ricky fucking Morton, but it's going to be good, too. Anyway, we go from that to a uh, uh, promo with Jimmy Valiant. Uh, Jimmy's talking to uh, Tony, and he comes out there, and he's can't even remember the name of was it this promo? He can't remember the name of Saskawatley. Yeah, this is. He's it. like, what's 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 his name again? Shista, Shista Watley, Saska, Shista, Saska, Saska Watley, Shista. I saved him. I saved him. I saved him from the baddest place in Philadelphia. But he's a Uncle Tom. <laughs> Can you say Uncle Tom? Uh, apparently, and <laughs> I, I mean, he's like basically attacking the blackness of, of, of Watley. <laughs> it's like, and that's what he does in the promo later. He just attacks his blackness. Yeah. So. Apparently he, he sees, he saved Pez Watley from the, from the meanest, baddest place in Philadelphia. And, and Pez was a fucking Judas. <laughs> pretty much yeah, yeah i like how they've turned pez into the bad guy in this whole situation yeah like he called him out not for being a great athlete but for being a great black athlete yeah like, like you're pretty good he, just for a black guy <laughs> <laughs> you know so uh it's it's it's, it's i, I, I don't think they get it i don't yeah. think that the valiant and dusty get it <laughs> Yeah, it's akin to saying it's not a great game. It's a great Wii U game. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And he had Gene Legion versus Nighthawk, who fucked up his own finish. Yeah, he uh, whiffed his shoulder breaker. Yeah. He, he fucking picked up uh, Gene and just fucking just lost him. This fucking drop before. And he just picked him up again and did a shoulder breaker. Now to uh, uh, which commentator was it? It wasn't Tony. It was um, ah oh, shit. Uh, I'm not sure. The house was a fucking. I didn't have my alpha brain. It was today. Me. Well, the kids are running. David Crockett. He's like, oh, I just threw him right down. No, no, he fucking dropped him. He fucking dropped him. Yeah, he screwed it up. Yeah. If if Nighthawk would have just gone for the fucking elbow to cover it up, you could have been would have been fine. But no, he just went right back and picked him up and went for the fucking shoulder breaker. I think we only have a month left and this fucker's off TV forever. Then we had a promo with the bullies, the rock and roll dickheads. And I mean, I wasn't impressed. It just seemed like a memorized, canned promo. Yeah. 
sweet hair grease, though. Yeah, they just want the cup, and Ricky wants the match with Ric Flair or some bullshit. Then we had a Wahoo versus Vernon Deaton. Uh, I was busy typing the notes with uh, Jimmy Valiant, so I wasn't paying attention to this match. And all of a sudden, I heard this fucking chop from hell. And I looked up, and Wahoo was in the corner. And I, I'm guessing Vernon thought, oh, Wahoo's going to let me get the heat on him. And so it looked like he was going to do some shoulder breakers in the corner, shoulder thrust in the corner. And Wahoo had chopped him on the fucking back. And there was a welt on his fucking back from where he <laughs> chopped him for the entire fucking match. Yeah, and no wonder that guy couldn't work after that. Um, the prop wasn't very good tonight. Well, no. I respect the hell out of Wahoo, but I would never work Wahoo. Ever. It, it, even if Wahoo's like, look, I'll, I'll, I'll do the job for you. I'll, don't worry, brother. I'll, I'll take care of you. He's like, no, no. Look, I 100% believe that you will, but you have to take my dead carcass and lay me on top of you because I know you're going to fucking kill me. Yeah, he's rough. But out of the old school guys, I, you know, San Martino era and all that, um, early 80s, he's one of the few guys coming up at that time. Um, or not coming up at that time, but one of the old hats at that time. Um, I just don't really get into watching their matches. It's too slow. It's just a bunch of punching and a couple of headbutts and a body slam here and there. And But this guy, just the way he works, I don't know. He can – other competitors, I would say, man, this match is kind of boring. I don't know. I just like watching Wahoo work. He uh, yeah. He's big. He's strong. He's aggressive. He seems dangerous for real. Uh, when he chops people, he destroys them. And he landed a fucking backbreaker in this match. Not only was it technically gorgeous, when he slammed that big old fucking foot down the mat, I thought the mat was going to fucking break. Like, holy shit. It was awesome. And then Vernon Deaton fucked up the finish. Well, he fucked up a snapmare, too. While he went to yeah. snapmare, and he just kind of flopped funny. <laughs> and then, yeah, he... Wahoo slams him or knocks him down one. Tries to follow up the nobody drop. And Wahoo just sits straight or Deets sits straight up or Deaton. He sits straight up like the fucking Undertaker. <laughs> and Wahoo fucking kind of grazes his skull and pins him. Yeah. So. Yeah, the fucking face does an elbow back. I think he does like a, a double handed chop to the chest. And the guy is supposed to stay down so he can do it. Tomahawk like chop to the head, and mm-hmm. the dumb fucker just sits up. Yeah, I like to think that Wahoo took that guy to the back and slammed him through a table and was the inspiration <laughs> for ECW. <laughs> you fucking prop. Wow. So. Next, one of the best promos of the show. Promo with Paul Jones and Pez Wally. Pez and Paul Jones both called bullshit on Jimmy Valiant. No, we ain't going to go bald. We both have our hair, and we're coming from you, sucker. <laughs> and then Paul Jones was fucking awesome on this. Yeah, he was pretty good. Pez was like a combination of Apollo Creed and yeah. Ali. Yeah. He, just, he makes an awesome bad guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're spelling my name wrong, Jimmy. My name has a K in it. It's Saska. Saska, you big dummy. <laughs> it was awesome. And from there, they walk off camera. And the camera stays on them. And then James J. Dillon walks in. He looks back at them walking off. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm a really big fan of what Paul Jones has done with Pez's new look. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of uh, a little bit of Virgil from the DBLC days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's and a little bit of the Apollo Creed. So, yeah. I mean, I just love how, like, it's like a, a thriving living environment that, that they have created there. Yeah. yeah. It's got a great atmosphere. Yeah. Like, all the heels know and work with each other. And they all respect each other, and they all hate the fucking baby faces. Yeah. yeah. They respect each other. They don't want to fuck with each other, but they all respect each other, and they all fucking hate the baby faces, especially the Rock and Roll Express and Dusty Roach. Yeah, and, and they make it seem real because yeah. of real hate, which you know how it is. With yeah. Backstage driver, there might be some of that there, but. Yeah. But uh, JJ. Wants the uh, NWA to, to prove that Ronnie Garvin's fist is broken. He wants some x-rays. And if the x-rays prove or disprove that that fist is not broken, that fucking tape has to come off because that damn thing's a weapon. Magnum TA proves once again he's got the best fucking job in the NWA. Nine moves. He's done. He goes home. Uh, promo with Paul Ettering. Uh, it's like a 30, 40 second promo, and he's done. Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin versus George South in a match that took, what, 15 minutes? Yeah, probably. It was a lot of laying around and time wasting. I think one of the problems was half the crew was actually in. Uh, New Orleans, so they had to go along. Then you had a promo with the Raging Bull. It says it's been a while since he's actually worked with Arn Anderson, but he wanted to prove that Arn Anderson can be beaten. Uh, wasn't one of his best promos, but he's probably just had to watch that fucking Jimmy Garvin match, and he's f- probably fucking dead tired now. Uh, promo of Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy says that he's fucking tired of having Wahoo duck his ass. So maybe it's time for, he, for him to look for another fucking challenge. And then you had Ivan Koloff versus Tony Zane. No, the, the more I see Tony Zane, it looks like he's been getting the shit beat out of him by fucking everybody he walks past. Yeah, he's a mess. He looks like a fucking hair, a fat heroin addict. That's he's, he's got bumps and fucking bruises all over him. Counterintuitive, but yeah, I guess so. And the other thing, Bron Alvarez says it looks like Tony Zane is jobs for something every day in his life: a car door, TV stand. He just fucking jobs for something. And then he had a promo with the Russians. The only thing I could get from Nikita was. No competition. Russian chain match. 
you and that was it <laughs> pretty much and while i was watching that uh, promo i was hearing you impersonate it <laughs> that's all i fucking got yeah i do fucking love nikita but god man then we had a world title match or tv title match uh arn versus raging bull and of course who has to fucking come out there fucking dusty Rhodes. arn anderson is pissed off right from the bat he has no right to be out here and you know what fucking dusty's right i mean arn anderson's right he has no fucking right to be out there nope uh this you know this match actually started off really good it was um it was not a typical Manny Fernandez match. He was actually working a fast-paced match. And then I got I guess uh Manny got tired and he started working a regular slow ass Manny Fernandez match. He grabbed a leg and just started fucking working it for the next 15 minutes. Yeah, it was pretty slow. I completely lost interest in that match. This match should have been the typical TV title 10-minute match. Instead, they went 20 minutes. And then uh, Tully Blanchard came out there and did the run-in. JJ came out there, distracted uh, Fat Boy. So he didn't see the run-in. And was it Ronnie Garvin who came out there? Yeah. yeah, with the hands of bullshit. Yeah. And so they were getting ready to take out Ronnie Garvin's hand. No, was was it Manny? They were going to get ready to beat the shit out of. It was Manny, yeah. Manny, they're getting ready to break his arm, and then of course Fat Boy came in there for the save. So, eh, didn't quite happen. No, he laid. Uh, was it Arn Anderson out? Yeah, he laid Arn Anderson out. Yeah. And then he bent over holding his hand. Dusty jumped in. So. Then he had a promo of Jim Cornette. Typical Cornette promo. Midnight Express versus Art Pritz and Bob Pearson. I actually didn't get to watch this match. Um, it was just another squash. It wasn't as long as some of the more recent matches. Um, it finished with that double face buster Condry uses at Full Nelson. Oh, the um, the Miz uses it now. Uh, skull crushing finale, but the Miz does it wrong. It's, it's not as violent looking, surprisingly. It's pretty brutal looking. Yeah. You should watch the Miz. a brutal man. Yeah. You should watch the Miz do it. It's just like Miz is like he's falling down. <laughs> when his Condry does it, it looks like a fucking violent act against another human being. It's, it's like it's like the wrestling mat spit on his mother, and that guy's face is the only weapon he has. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. When you get down here, do uh. This YouTube like Miz Skull Crushing Finale is it's it's two different fucking moves. Then we have a promo of Tony Blanchard and my God he got fucked up. Yeah, he had scratches all over, blood on his face. I imagine he worked Wahoo and Strat matches. What they were uh, talking about, which again is why if I had to work Wahoo in the match, and even though he said he would put me over, it's not happening. I'd rather work uh, Lesnar. 
funny. <laughs> well, yeah. which one would you choose? I have to get Lesnar. Look at fucking Tully Blanchard's face, and then look what happens after somebody works Lesnar. Yeah, it's usually Lesnar. Lesnar's bleeding. Yeah, Lesnar's like, can I get some juice? Sure. Can you hit me with a chair? Sure. I mean, look at Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania, and look at Tully Blanchard. Which one would you rather be? Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. All um, right. <laughs> he's yeah. They, 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 that's definitely easy to figure out. Yeah, I'd I'd rather be Dean Ambrose. Fucking Dean Ambrose. Okay. Now, which one do you want to be? Yeah, Dean Ambrose. All right. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Promo with Ron Garvin. I didn't. Yeah, even... I didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, he's. I didn't either. I respect President WA and shut the fuck up, Ron Garvin. Garvin versus Brody Chase. I actually skipped this match. Well, it was the worst fucking splash I've ever seen in my life. He did a a, a body splash to finish the match, and it looked like he tripped and fell. He so, did a belly flop. He did a fucking belly flop. Yeah, I think I went to uh, go get something to eat. <laughs> I came back. And then Jimmy Valiant promo. He comes out there, and he's basically telling Pez Watley, you ain't no black man. He says, I went down and I talked to all the brothers. <laughs> and the brother said, you ain't no real brother. And it's like, why don't you say I went down and talked to all the blackies? <laughs> and they said, you ain't no blackie. I mean, it's the same difference. You are Uncle Tom. Yeah. Very interesting, short-sighted, and lack of... Um, world knowledge i guess i don't know i don't yeah. i I'm, I'm 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 interjecting contemporary ideals and thoughts yeah uh, we're not then it was not that i mean to me it's not that big a deal because it's just fiction trying to get heat between two guys in a in a show but it, i'm still a little surprised how much they gave into it yeah especially the way they tried to sell that product back then yeah but hey, you know, southern based promotion too. Southern based promotion, so Pez obviously didn't have a problem with it though. No, he didn't. So, and remember, Pez was the one who came in saying, "I'm the best black athlete." I mean, that's... he did say that a few times. He just didn't like it when Whitey said it. Yeah, so it so. led somewhere. So, yeah, and this was back when storylines meant something. So you could actually start with something three months ago, and it led to something three months later. Unlike now, where it means absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. So, like the whole yeah with uh, Shay McMahon. Yeah, yeah, he's back now. Three weeks later, he's still hosting Raw. So, hey, well, he was getting bored and he wanted to work. So, this is it. Uh, next week we will do the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup. Uh, as soon as I find it, I think it's on Daily Motion. So, Scott and I will we'll probably just watch a little bit of it throughout the week, and then does I think it's only two hours because they probably edited the shit out of him. So that is it. We will see you fuckers next week. Unless something else happens, unless Axel has another band he's going to sing for. Yeah. I saw some of the reviews were criticizing Axel being in a chair. I was like, really? Mm. 
His fucking leg is jacked up. Yeah, he's got a broken fucking ankle. Or foot or where the fuck it is. What the hell is he supposed to do? Yeah. At least he's doing the show and he's showing up on time. He hasn't done that in 20 fucking years. So. I mean, there hasn't been a riot yet. No. So all in all, it was a... You know, back, back then, but yeah, it was a pretty good show. There was a couple good matches. I mean, half the fuck... Nothing spectacular. There was some good stuff. Your, your, your talent's split right now. So, what the fuck do you expect? Yeah. So, we will see you guys next week. Goodbye. Later.